since uh, babies are very much on the brain uh, today, uh, you ought to know that I am the oldest and tallest of four sisters, and my ultimate goal in life is to become the cool aunt in my family. Of course, the requirement here is that my sisters need to have children for this to happen. Uh, and in August, my sister Paige, number two in birth order and height, obliged my wishes and became the mother of a daughter named Zoe. You know, I love holding babies, but I will admit to you that something strange happens to me when they are my sister's children. I start to overthink things, like maybe I shouldn't be standing up while holding the baby because what if I suddenly lost control of both of my arms and I dropped her? <laughs> or standing in a perfectly good home, I, think, I look up and I think, what if the ceiling suddenly fell in at this very moment? How would I be able to both protect her tender little head from the degree, debris that's falling onto her and not smother her at the same time? I guess this is a new parent thing uh, out there in the world because my sister experiences this every day to a much greater degree. Uh, this week, Zoe was at her grandmother's house, uh, and it was reported to Paige that she was having a long nap. And my sister texted me proudly to say that she had stopped herself from making the grandmother go check and see if Zoe was still, in fact, breathing. It's such a strange phenomenon. Holding Zoe... Questions of, will I support her head correctly, escalate into, will our love be enough for her? I think, like, what if I'm holding her wrong churns inwardly into what happens if she gets into drugs someday and runs out on her family and becomes a teenage mother and lives under a bridge? A little extreme, um, maybe, but you do know what I mean, right? We, we hold both of these things together all the time, don't we? Both this joy and this grief. It's good that we do. Joy alone would make us reckless and saccharine. Grief alone would leave us in this hole of self-centered depression and anxiety, but, but both together. Our hearts are only made larger by joy and grief together. It is an expansive heart that can experience both of these things in equal measure. I hope that Zoe learns this. My sister was 14 years old, and I was 17 when our grandmother died, having just turned 60. It was pancreatic cancer. The doctors had given her six months to live at diagnosis, and that was about right. She's one of the saints, I whisper, when we pray for the dead. For all of you uh, who are new here, we are a, a Protestant church-ish because while we focus on word and scripture, we hold that hand in hand with sacrament and tradition. So some of us pray for the dead. It's a bit of a contentious point 
in Christian theology, depending on who you talk to. In the Episcopal Church, we changed our minds about it on the practice. We didn't allow prayers for the dead until that newfangled revisionist prayer book of 1928. When I joined the church in my 20s, it was one of the pieces I took to immediately, innately. I believe in the communion of saints, we'll say. A great cloud of witnesses who don't just live on in some vague sense in your heart, but really live on, beyond us, but among us somehow, interceding on our behalf. So, our grandma, Zoe's great-grandmother, is the second person in my list of saints. My grandma was not someone who might predictably be called a saint. She was a teenage mother. She had a few marriages. She did run out on her family for a moment in life, and I'm certain she did some drugs, though I don't think she ever slept under a bridge. One of her sons died in his 20s, that unfathomable loss. But by the time she was grandma, all of that life of deep grief and great joy created the mysterious conditions out of which comes to general surprise, a saint. Now what we mean by saint in the church is someone who was a great sign of God in the world, making the invisible one tangible. My grandma's house was full of all of these unpredictable signs of communion, of hymns to God played on her world-class Bose sound system with a five-CD changer. And we would sing... When the mountain touches the valley, all the clouds are taught to fly. As our souls will leave this land most peacefully. Though our minds be filled with questions, and our hearts will understand. When the river meets the sea. John Denver. There were signs, too, of the word of the Lord there in her house. Overflowing shelves full of fantasy stories, the Wrinkle in Time series, Narnia, Harry Potter, fairy tales, and Native American myth that may not have taught me the verified catechism of the Holy Catholic Church, but shaped me indelibly, whispering to me of the deeper truths of sacrifice, courage, love, and this thing I would only much later learn to call resurrection. Prayer was never meant to be magic, Mother said. Then why bother with it, Susie scowled. Because it's an act of love, Mother said. Madeline Lingle. It wouldn't be until I wandered into the church in my 20s, many years after my grandmother's death, having never heard of an Episcopalian, that I would learn that she had been one, confirmed by one of the priests who lived in the diocese I just left. A communion of saints interceding on your behalf, someone dropping signs for me, the invisible one made tangible. We're going to baptize two little ones in a moment. 
these children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews whose miraculous little lives hold so much of our joy and our fear. Infant baptism, like prayers for the dead, isn't a uniformly agreed-upon practice in Christianity. The argument against is that we should wait until they can make an informed decision. They will, someday, for or against. Until then, we're telling them that they're fully in with us. And more than that, we're promising to guide their way by making signs of ourselves, that God might be visible to them by the lives we live. You will be promising to make God believable to them by who you are. The promises we will make on their behalf are our best intentions for them, trusting that where and when we cannot fulfill them, and later where and when they cannot, that it's God's promises that last. The signs before them will point the way. It's our job to keep planting them. It is right that these two things, the prayers for the saints, the prayers for our children, are together on this day. The grief and hope of life here in one. How large our hearts are becoming.